is music notes and more with your host, Jason Ginty. John Lennon is shot. Frank Sinatra carries dimes. Hall and Oates. And Sarah? Vince Neil gets in a car wreck. Dimebag Daryl is buried with Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Metallica play Antarctica. And The Doors' final show is a disaster. Let's take a look back on the week of December 8th in music history. It was this week back in 1980 that John Lennon of the Beatles was shot five times by 25-year-old Mark Chapman outside the Dakota building in New York City where John and Yoko lived. Now, Chapman had been waiting for Lennon outside the Dakota apartment since mid-morning and had actually asked for an autograph earlier in the day. John Lennon was pronounced dead from massive blood loss at 11.30 p.m. Chapman has since said that he shot the former Beatle because he wanted to steal his fame, stating that now he was a bigger nobody than he was before. He also revealed he planned the killing for three months and considered murdering other celebrities who he thought were phonies. This week back in 1963, Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped at gunpoint from a hotel in Lake Tahoe. He was released two days later after his father, Frank Sinatra, paid out the $240,000 ransom demanded by the kidnappers who were later captured and sentenced to long prison terms. Now, in order to communicate with the kidnappers via a payphone, Frank Sinatra Sr. carried a roll of dimes with him throughout this long ordeal, which became actually a lifetime habit. And Frank Sinatra is said to have been buried with a roll of dimes in his pocket. It was in 1984 this week that Vince Neil from Motley Crue was involved in a car accident in Redondo Beach, California, which killed Razzle from the band Hanoi Rocks and injured uh, two other passengers. Vince Neil and Razzle, both whom were already drinking that evening, decided to make a run to the liquor store. And as the car made its way around a winding Hollywood road, Neil lost control of the car and smashed into another car. All people involved sustained major injuries, but Razzle, who was taken to a hospital, he was later declared dead on arrival. He was just 24 years old. Now, Vince Neal was later sentenced to 30 days in jail, five years probation, and had to pay $2.5 million in restitution to the victims of the crash. Neal got out of jail after 15 days for good behavior. Now, 20 years later, Vince Neal expressed remorse and admitted that he got off way too easy for driving under the influence. And he told Blender Magazine at the time, quote, I wrote a $2.5 million check for vehicular manslaughter when Razzle died. I should have gone to prison. I definitely deserved to go to prison. But I did like 30 days in jail and I got laid and I drank beer because that's the power of cash. And that's effed up. Back in 2004, former Pantera guitarist Dimebag Daryl was one of five people killed after a man stormed the stage during a damage plan show at a club in Columbus, Ohio. Nathan Gale, who was 25 at the time, began firing at the band and the crowd. He was then shot and killed by a police officer who arrived shortly after the first shots were fired. Dimebag's funeral took place in Arlington, Texas. 
Eddie Van Halen and Zach Wilde drank shots and delivered tributes to Daryl. Now, in a sign of deep respect, Eddie Van Halen buried his black and yellow taped striped guitar, the one that's pictured on the back of the Van Halen 2 album, in the casket with Dimebag Daryl. Eddie Van Halen said that, quote, an original should have an original. In 2016, Sir Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones became a father again at the age of 73 after his 29-year-old girlfriend, a ballerina, gave birth to a boy. Now, the singer already had seven children whose ages range from 17 to 45, and he became a great-grandfather in 2014. I can't even begin to imagine the confusion at family reunions at the Jagger House. In 2013, this week, Metallica played a gig inside a dome at the Argentine Antarctic base Carlini, thus becoming the first band ever to play on all seven continents. Now, the band played for an audience of 120 people in a show called Freeze Em All. Now, in order to meet international Antarctic protocol to preserve the fragile local environment, Metallica played the entire show with no amplification. The sound was instead transmitted to the audience through headphones. That's right. Everybody at the Metallica show had headphones on, and Metallica was on a stage rocking out <laughs> with no amplification whatsoever. They played 10 songs, and the set lasted over an hour through headphones. In 1967, the Doors appeared at the New Haven Arena in New Haven, Connecticut. Now, before the show, a policeman found singer Jim Morrison making out with an 18-year-old girl in a backstage shower, and after there was a big argument, the policeman sprayed mace in Jim Morrison's face. Now, of course, that's not going to go well, because once on stage, Morrison tells the story of the backstage episode and starts taunting the police, who then drag him off stage and arrest him. Now, the crowd riots, leaving the venue in disarray, and a lot of people were arrested at the show. Later on, over 100 protesters gathered at the police station in demonstration, and even more arrests were made. It was this week, back in 1943, that Jim Morrison was actually born. Now, The Doors had the uh, 1967 number one hit, Light My Fire, and of course, Riders on the Storm, and many, many other songs. Now, due to Jim's wild personality and performances, obviously, like I just told you about, he is regarded by some people as one of the most iconic, charismatic, and pioneering frontmen in rock music history. Morrison died of heart failure in a bathtub in a Paris hotel room on July 3, 1971, at age 27. Now, the events surrounding his death continue to be the subject of controversy, as no autopsy was performed on his body after death, and the exact cause of his death is disputed by many to this day. And it was this week in 1970 that The Doors played what would be their last ever show with Jim Morrison when they played at the warehouse in New Orleans. Morrison was uh, way losing his battle with alcohol and had, had multiple legal woes hanging over his head when he took the stage. He was a bit on the overweight side as well. Now, at one point, he had a cigarette dangling from his mouth while on stage and the long, hot ashes fell into his beard and his beard was smoldering. A roadie came out 
and brush the ashes out of Morrison's beard. Midway through the set, Morrison began to forget the words to songs and then tried to compensate by launching into a long, rambling joke that fell flat. He was also hanging onto the microphone stand for support as the doors launched into Light My Fire. And during the solos, Morrison went and sat down on the drum riser and failed to get up to sing the last verse. So drummer John Densmore finally nudges Morrison with his foot and that pisses off Morrison because he went over to the mic stand and repeatedly smashed it into the stage until the mic stand went through the floor of the stage. Then he threw down the mic and abruptly walked off the stage, ending the show early. The other band members had a meeting uh, right after the show at which they agreed that the New Orleans show would be their last live show. Since Morrison's unpredictability, as well as the charges coming from the Miami exposure incident, made further touring impractical. The great Greg Allman was born this week back in 1947. Of course, he played the keyboards, guitar, and sang in the Allman Brothers Band and had numerous solo albums as well. Allman was referred to as a Southern rock pioneer and received numerous awards, sold millions of albums, he won Grammy Awards, and so on and so forth. Now, Greg Allman actually shot himself in the foot one time on purpose. You see, he was against the war in Vietnam, but he was eligible for the draft. So Greg and his brother Dwayne Allman got liquored up one day at their home in Florida. Dwayne invited some girls over and they threw a foot shooting party. Greg Allman drank heavily, drew a target on his moccasin, drank a bit more, called an ambulance, and then shot himself in the foot. The next day, he limped into the recruiter's office and got a medical exemption and did not qualify for the draft. Well, following a series of health problems, including hepatitis C and a 2010 liver transplant, Greg Alban died at his home in Georgia in 2017 due to complications of liver cancer. This week back in 1969, Jimi Hendrix was on trial in Canada on drug possession charges. Really, no fooling. Well, Jimi Hendrix told the Toronto court that he had only smoked pot about four times in his life, snorted cocaine once or twice, and took LSD no more than maybe five times. He told the jury that he had now outgrown drugs. The jury found Jimi Hendrix not guilty. In 1988, according to a poll released then in the United States, the music of Neil Diamond was the favored music as the best background music for sex. Beethoven was the second choice, and Luther Vandross was voted third. Now, today in 2020, top artists for doing the nasty are Nora Jones, Rihanna, John Legend, and Beyonce. This week back in 2003, Ozzy Osbourne was admitted to a hospital in England after being injured in an ATV accident at his home. He was 55 years old at the time, and he broke his collarbone, eight ribs, and a vertebrae in his neck. Now, he did recover from those injuries, but unfortunately, just a, a year ago in 2019, some of the metal rods that were placed in his back as a result of that accident were dislodged when he suffered a fall in his house. The recuperation took over a year and caused him to postpone his entire tour for 2019. Well, good news, here in 2020, Ozzy is back with a new album and is touring once again. Hall and Oates should probably be called Hall, Oates, and Sarah. 
Here's why. Because it was this week back in 1954 that uh, Sarah Allen was born. Now, she's best known or not known for her work with Hall and Oates. Here's why I say this. They were never married, but she was in a long-time relationship with Daryl Hall until 2001. Now, check this out. She contributed to many of the hit singles that Hall and Oates had, including Private Eyes, I Can't Go For That, Man Eater, and the song from Hall and Oates called Sarah Smile. That was her first hit. That was about Sarah Allen. So maybe the band should actually be called Hall, Oates, and Sarah, although it doesn't have the same ring to it. In 2007, Led Zeppelin played their very first concert in 19 years at London's O2 Arena. It was all part of the Ahmet Ertegun tribute concert. Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, John Paul Jones were joined on stage by Jason Bonham, the son of late drummer John Bonham. More than one million people had taken part in a ballot for the 20,000 tickets available for the show, with all proceeds going to Ahmet Erdogan's charity. Now, Zeppelin performed 16 songs, including two encores. Who was there? Well, pretty much anybody who was anyone, including Brian May, David Gilmour, The Edge, Peter Gabriel, Mick Jagger, Dave Grohl. Now, unfortunately, Led Zeppelin hasn't played together since, and it doesn't look like they ever will. This week, back in 1964, soul singer Sam Cooke, known as the King of Soul for his distinctive vocals, was shot dead at the Hacienda Motel in L.A. Bertha Franklin, she's the manager of the motel, told police that she shot and killed Cook in self-defense because he had attacked her. Police found Cook's body in her office, clad only in a sports jacket, shoes, but no shirt, pants, or underwear. The shooting was ultimately ruled a justifiable homicide, but since that time, the circumstances of his death have been called into question by Sam Cook's family. This week, back in 1957, Jerry Lee Lewis, who was still married to his first wife, married his 13-year-old second cousin, Myra Gale Brown. Now, Jerry was 23 at the time. The couple tried to keep the union a secret, and uh, keep in mind, at this time period in 1957, Jerry Lee Lewis was the man. He was the killer at the time. He was about to start a tour of Europe, and things got rolling nicely until about the third show when the information about his marriage to his second cousin, who was 13, hit the British tabloids, and things spiraled out of control after that. The publicity caused an uproar and the tour was canceled after only three shows and Jerry's career took a major nosedive. The couple divorced. Yeah, that's right. They stayed married until 1970. Music Notes and More is written, produced, and hacked together by me, Jason Ginty, and is brought to you by Pirates of the Quarter Tours in New Orleans. It's the most unique walking tour of the French Quarter in the city of New Orleans. Get the details at piratesofthequarter.com. And be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out my YouTube channel.